1: Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Hope I find you well. I hope you've enjoyed the recent episodes that have come your way. There was the uh, the 1970 World Cup episode. That was one of the most recent ones in our World Cup series. Speaking with people who have followed England around the world at the biggest international tournament there is. Uh, I can't deny these episodes, they are a challenge. The research, the finding of people who went, the organisation, the chats, editing the chats. It's it's hard work, uh, but I do really enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But in a twisted way, I'm glad I don't have to research for 74 and 78. Gives me a little bit of a break. Um, but we will be uh, cracking on with more of those in due course. Then there was the 200th episode. Bradford versus England, Uh, one that by pure coincidence coincided with that 37th anniversary of that fateful day. Uh, But both of those can be found at your podcast provider of choice or threelinespodcast.com. Now, let's turn our attention to this year's World Cup. We are just over six months away from it. It kicks off the 21st of November, that is an important day, as that is when we face Iran on the opening day. And speaking of important dates, let's just quickly recap on how it sort of unfolded with the World Cup being over there. 2nd of December 2010, Qatar was awarded the World Cup. 16th of November 2021, England qualified for it. You may remember that 10-0 win against San Marino. And then there was the 1st of April 2022, there was the World Cup draw when we found out who we would be playing. Now, at the beginning of the year, I spoke with Arjun Vara. He's both an England fan and a Qatar fan leader. He gave us some great information from his trip out there just before Christmas. But that was just a snapshot of his time there. I think it's time we delved a little deeper. So please welcome to the Three Lions podcast. England fan and Qatari resident Ben Williams. Hi Russell, you all right?
0: Good, thank you. Very good. You?
1: Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. I know you've uh, you've been given a lot of advice for England fans thinking about going over to the World Cup on various forums and message boards. Um, and I thought this is uh, this is an ideal opportunity to maybe elaborate more on a on a few things rather than sort of people reading what what you have to say I'm almost putting a voice to the uh the name
0: yeah yeah it's a good idea that um answering lots of questions should help out a lot of people so uh there's a lot that can be said as well so uh answer a lot of general questions all at once as well yeah well well let's crack on let's What's maybe sort
1: of introduce yourself um i know you you live and work over there in in qatar what what do you do how long have you been there
0: uh, so i've been here now for nearly 10 years actually june june 22 june to uh, so next month will be my uh, 10th year so i moved here in uh, uh, june 2012 hmm. uh, working for uh, Qatar rail so as an engineer so uh, essentially working on the, the doha metro from before the first hole was even dug uh, all the way through for the construction of a the huge you know huge metro project huge rail project and now we're into the uh, operational operational parts now the stages of the metro so It's a massive project. Uh, It's been fantastic to work on. I probably didn't think I'd be here (laughs) when I moved here 10 years ago. I'd still be here now. But uh, here I am. You know, we moved uh, me and my wife moved with a few suitcases. And now if we uh, if we left now with uh, two kids and a dog, we'd probably need a whole shipping container uh, full of stuff. Wow. (laughs) So uh, from the the World Cup point of view,
1: you were over here in England whilst the uh, when it was announced that Qatar had been awarded it.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'd only been I mean, I've been to the region a few times. I've been for the airport a few times in Qatar. So uh, actually uh, 2010 by then, my wife, she wasn't my wife then, but she just uh, come back from spending some time living and working in Bahrain. So I would visited the region, you know, a few times and but never physically been to Qatar, just through the airport, never entered the country. But uh, so, yeah, then it was obviously a shock like everyone else uh, with the when the World Cup was awarded, uh, didn't expect it at all.
1: What were your immediate thoughts? Because I know what mine were. It was a, a bit uh, of shock.
0: Yeah, I think uh, like if you saw, you know, Russia as well. You know, yeah. same as everyone was saying. You know, they couldn't believe it, and and yeah, and even now people still, you know, obviously don't believe it. And uh, whatever happened, then you know, that's in the past now. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, being on or being in Qatar, are you? Are you
0: central or whereabouts are you? I mean, obviously, as you know, it's a small country. The vast majority of people are in in and around, uh, you know, in, in Doha. So I'm living just outside. I've you know, lived in a couple of places here. It's a short drive into, into the city, you know, into the center. Luckily, my work is not quite in the center, so I'm a little bit out. I go a bit further out for the schools. to drop the kids off. So, you know, it, it's a small country, a small, you know, big city, but um, you can get around easily and... I could be, you know, just over an hour to the north of the country, just over an hour in, into the desert, you know, in the south. So it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's easy to get around, and uh, not a big place anyway. Yeah.
1: And I'm guessing that the 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 Doha Metro is going to be integral come the uh, come the World Cup.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's vital. Um, it serves directly five five out of the eight uh, stadiums. It's gonna yeah for people getting around from from A to B. You know, it's the cheapest way of getting around. Uh, so definitely yeah we've you know we're getting um a testing now with more carriages on them you on, know on, uh shorter uh, times between trains as well so gearing up now for um for it to be you know quite full yeah <laughs> and, uh, absolutely used quite well well before
1: we we get onto to the 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 stadiums as such and and those that the 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 rails goes to just what we we'll talk about the the world Cup being awarded to Qatar back then my one of my immediate thoughts was as I say wow but I, I had no idea what sort of the the football culture was over there how do you find it has it grown Has it was it always been there yeah I think
0: uh it's the number one sport football has always been you know the number one sport here um sort of you know the local leagues are not you know particularly well well attended I think people have seen that and picked up on that before uh, but I think a lot of the people they support, you know, they go for the international teams, you know, yeah. Premier League, La Liga, and obviously more recently PSG, you know, with the category involvement. So you're seeing, you know, locals and everyone wearing shirts of all the top, you know, all the top teams, you know, um, whilst people don't tend to go so much for the local sides, uh, it's still a popular, you know, it's still the number one sport, you know, The you go anywhere to a, a local cafe on a Champions League night or, you know, Premier League day and it's, it's full of people watching.
1: Let's, let's move on to the, the, the World Cup stadiums. You, you mentioned the the Doha Metro that is looking to go to. Is it five out of the eight of them?
0: Yeah, directly uh, connects so basically you can walk from five uh, short distance from uh, from f- five uh, stadiums uh, directly from the metro. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: Have you
1: been sort of working on the metro? Have you been able to uh, to check them out, or just sort of in
0: sort of recreational
1: time over there?
0: um yeah i mean uh the metro obviously i was lucky enough to be out on site quite a lot as well you know from the beginning of the metro so i know like the back of my hand now which uh, station you need to go to and everything like that and um I, you know i've used it myself to go to some of the stadiums when well, we had the Arab cup last year and some other games as well i have like experienced uh, you know how it works and how, how to get there as well
1: have you got a uh have you got a preference as to the your, your favorite stadium
0: um, I've been, I've now watched games in seven of the eight stadiums. Right. Um, the only one now is this Lucille uh, Stadium where the final will be because that's not actually had a game yet. So hopefully, I uh, should be having some practice matches or, you know, it needs a test event at uh, some point this year so I can then finally complete the, uh, complete the eight stadiums. <laughs> I'd uh, say my favorite is probably the, the 974 Stadium. It's completely different, you know, a stadium made out of shipping containers. It's not uh, your, your everyday. Stadium, you know, it's it's something I it's completely different.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen pictures of this, and, and Arjun Vara told us about this. It, it is a it's it's a real sort of design feature of using these containers, and part of the I believe the the Qatar's vision of for the World Cup is to be able to basically reuse these as well going forward, isn't it?
0: yeah i mean this is this is the one stadium that will be completely dismantled after the world cup so it's basically a temporary stadium you could say <laughs> uh well, although to be fair when you're on the inside it doesn't doesn't seem like that it seems you know like any modern modern stadium from the inside
1: right but i mean is it just the these containers they're on the the outside facade are they you, you can't actually go into them is What's the? Deal?
0: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like uh, when you're inside, you know, even even at the back of the concourse, the, the toilets essentially you're going, you're going into a container for the bathroom as well. You know, it's sort of integrated even to that level as well, where you're, you know, you you you're sticking kind of out over the edge, and then you you walk in, and you're going essentially into a container to go to the toilet as well. Um, and you could see parts of the containers in the roof as well, structure when you're when you're sitting in the seat as well.
1: Amazing. Uh, do we know where that's going to
0: next once the the World Cup's over? This one, I'm not sure. The containers, I'm not sure. They'll be recycled some way. Um, there's a lot of, you know, um, stuff about sustainability for this World Cup, you know, uh, recyclable materials and all of this. So, but I'm not entirely sure what, what, what they plan to do with the uh, containers afterwards.
1: It's going be, to be an interesting one. It'll be uh, interesting if it's got, I don't know, some sort of branding on it that you you end up seeing part of it going around the, uh, the M25 yeah, or yeah. up the A1 <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, the, the, the stadiums that we definitely know that England are gonna be uh playing in. Um, I don't know if you can give us a little outline or, or some any information you you may know about those. That the, the first one uh against Iran is now you're gonna to have to help me on my pronunciation, but I believe it's it's the Khalifa International Stadium's just just on the outskirts.
0: Yeah, that's right. The the Khalifa International Stadium. Um England fans would have been there. We would have known it from uh, 2009. We played a friendly against Brazil. It's had a redevelopment since then, so it's not quite the same. Uh, it's had a bit of work, quite a bit of work done. It's closed for a few years for, for an extensive uh, redevelopment work on it. It's the only existing stadium that is being used in the World Cup. Of all the other seven are, are brand new. I mean, to be honest, when when we saw the draw, um, as you would have seen from the, the the draw, that the groups were almost split into two. You had four stadiums on one side, four on another side. Personally, I'd rather be on the other side. If I'm just going to pick um, based on my favourite stadiums, but mm. I suppose I'll take the easier draw. than uh, than uh, <laughs> it's all very well going to nice stadiums if you're going to be going home after three or four matches. So, yeah, um, I think we'd we'll take we'd we'll take we'd we'll take that. And um, so, yeah, Khalifa, it's it's, it's probably yeah, it's, it's my least favourite. But again, because it's not it's not a new one, we no, uh, have a running track going around it, so the viewing is not is not the best. I'd say one advantage would probably be the. Three of the sort of you know three quarters of the way around is single tier, so it could be better for for creating a better atmosphere. When they had the the club World Cup here back in two thousand nineteen, the final Liverpool against the Brazilian side Flamengo, they the Brazilians made a fantastic atmosphere. You know they brought I think about ten thousand fans over, and they had one you know, one end of the goal singing all game. So it was good for an ap- creating an atmosphere anyway.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And because it's on the the outskirts of of Doa, what's the is this one of the ones on, on the line that you're working on?
0: Yeah, this is uh, on the goal line. So it's, it's a direct connection uh, for the metro. Um, so coming from the centre of the town, it's five or six stops away. Uh, this is the closest one to the city that we're playing in. And it's, it, it's actually, uh, the boundary of Doha is actually not that big. Uh, it goes into what is called Rayan, which is an even bigger sort of municipality. Um, but everybody, you know, nobody really says that. they kind got to say it's Doha and this part is uh it's near uh there's a big sort of huge park next to it there's some shopping malls and and on the other side you have a much larger sort of residential area it's uh quite a popular area for expats actually we're living in compounds and villas i used to live in that area myself as well for, for quite a few years too and if i still lived there i wouldn't, wouldn't be able to walk to the stadium oh
1: right so, <laughs> so i mean how long are we uh time-wise you say it's what 11 12 stops
0: i mean this. How long? No, not that many. It's a short, not quite so many as that. It, it depends where you're coming from, to be honest. Um, of course. It all depends on, as we don't know yet, uh, only a couple of ideas of where fan zones are going to be and this sort of information. So uh, if we're talking fan zones, it's hard to tell because it's, you're not really sure where we're going to be. If you're talking coming from one of the, the main areas where there's all the main hotel bars, you know, you would uh, a few stops on one line change and then another st- a few stops. So 20, 30 minutes, it's not a big, you know, it's not a big uh, amount of time.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to the the next game, which we we definitely know the opposition again will be uh, the Americans on the 25th of November. This is, a, is it Albaid, a 60,000 capacity stadium
0: based in northern Qatar? Yeah, this is in Al uh, it's, it's it's actually known as a city, but it's more of a town. Really, um, it's probably the, the next biggest town after obviously you know after Doha um, up in Al Decent stadium, second biggest stadium. Um, so it's good, you know, for allocations, ticket allocations of things. Unfortunately, it's going to be the most difficult and the most uh, hardest to get to. Not not difficult, just uh, it's going to take more time. Mm. People are going to have to allow more time to uh, uh, to travel up there. Um, the metro doesn't reach that far, so. There will be hundreds and hundreds of shuttle buses, there'll be other options, taxis as well. So it's not difficult getting there, but it just takes take some time and fans are going to have to allow quite a bit of time to uh, to get up there. So is this a case
1: of fans taking the, the metro or the train as far as it will go and getting shuttle buses or getting shuttle buses from the centre of Doha?
0: Yeah, it'd be both. Uh there'd be buses coming from from the center. There'd also be buses from the furthest you have the Luceo, which is where the final uh, stadium is. There's a station, that's the end of the line in the metro. So there'd be buses that would take maybe 20 to 30 minutes. It's a huge and they have um from there you have one massive highway. Uh, it's about six lanes, six lanes going either way direction. Wow. So buses will be going up there, you know, um, up and down. Uh, there's other road access roads as well, you know, so Plus, they have shuttle buses and taxis you, know, you take from the from the from the city as well.
1: There's proper convoys going up there. It sounds like yeah, six yeah.
0: six lanes is. I think <laughs> at some point it's up to six or even more at some points. Yeah, where there's junctions, it, it, it's very very wide. Yeah, it's wow. a huge huge highway.
1: Are um say if England fans going over there, are they allowed to to hire their own cars over there? Do you need a, an international license or or something
0: like that? No, I think UK license is okay. um I'm not. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. For I think it's for a short time. If it's for a short time amount of time, then a, a UK license is fine. As local hire car hire companies, plus you've got all the international, uh, you know, the international companies here as well. So yeah, you could. I don't think there's really a need, um, right. unless you want to explore a bit further out. You know. Um, Obviously, you can't really go taking a higher car into the desert. I think you. Yeah. I mean, you can get a uh, maybe some more insurance or you know the right type of four x four if you want to do that. But I wouldn't advise anyone if they don't have any experience of driving in the desert. So, um, but you could, yeah, you could hire for a couple of days and drive to you know, to the very north of the country or or out to the west. You know, so there are a couple of you could you know, a day or two, maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, a daft question. Um, drive on the same side of the road as us? No, nope, other side. Other side. Uh, but it's. Uh, Oh, every car is automatic, you know. So it's not like uh, whenever you drive a manual in somewhere in Europe, and then uh, I keep uh, trying to change the gear and then smacking the door. With my left arm <laughs> when I'm trying yeah. to move to the gear, you know. So uh, it's automatic. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, no, no, that feeling. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, now good to know. Good to know there'll be people maybe considering that. The last game is the one where we don't know our our opponents will be. Is the Hamad bin Ali. Uh, in
0: Al ran Ryan, uh, Al Ryan,
1: Al right. What do we know about that one?
0: Yeah, so as I said, the area of Al Ryan is huge, but this is actually on the site that is old, uh, or the site of this stadium. The old stadium there is where it was the home to the Al football team as well. So it's, it's their home. In fact, they have, um, I think, their mascot is a lion, and it's embedded into the seats in the stadium. They have a lion, I think, of one or both at the ends of the stadium. So it's a touch to the local side in, in the stadium as well. Um, this is obviously. Again, out of town, but uh, direct connection again to the Metro. It's at the very end of the Green Line. So a little bit further out than, than the first stadium, but very, very easily uh, accessible as well. And also behind uh, the stadium is where they've announced now one of the locations of the fan villages as well, where they I have you know, the cabins and the tents and things as well. I'm not sure about tents, but the, the cabins they recently advertised as well. One of the locations for that is uh, just literally behind the stadium. Right. Okay.
1: I mean, how do we know... How many fans, fan zones? There, there's likely to be across the country.
0: Uh, this is fan village, uh, fan not the, not the fan zones. The fan village is for the accommodation. Gotcha. Um, it was recently, you know, they published three locations so far. Uh, maybe there'll be some, I think, some camping options as well for tents. But there's three locations, but one of them is is, is um is to right next to this, this stadium.
1: I see. Gotcha. I mean, locally, you've mentioned obviously when. Match like Champions League matches are being played. The cafes and and that are crowded with with people watching on the uh, on the screens. But as this tournament gets closer, what are feelings of of people people you work with, friends, um, with with the World Cup coming up? It's, it's got to be some
0: sort of excitement, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely! It's it's all we're talking about, you know. In work, particularly you know, in on the recent ticket, you know, uh, applications, it's. Every day, have you done your application yet? Which games are you applying for? You know, what's your friends doing? How many are you applying for? It's just it's non-stop, you know. It's uh, what everyone's talking about, and that's the beauty of this World Cup, where you can apply for so many games and you can go to many games. You know, everyone's very excited. Some people have got, you know, some tickets in the first sale. Some have got lucky and ended up getting tickets to some of the big teams. Uh, some not so, but still, you know, it's, it's it's yeah, it's
1: it's all everyone's talking about at the moment. Definitely. It's going to be no one to uh, to run the metro then, if you're all if you all got tickets.
0: Ah, uh, luckily, uh, it's driverless the trains at least, so they don't have to worry about any driver strikes like likely on underground the <laughs> Underground. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, that that whole region as well. It's it's already represented, obviously, uh, with Iran and Saudi Arabia. Obviously, host Qatar, and there's the possibility of the United Arab Emirates being part of it as well. So that. Whole area is is going to be really well represented at the tournament.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I don't know the Saudis or the Emiratis how how in their, you know their football will they travel. I assume. and you know, the Saudis can just drive over a lot of them, so I think they will be quite well supported. Yeah, I tell you the the, 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 the team and I'm going to think is going to be the most well supported with fans living already in Qatar. I'm going to put my money on Tunisia for being the most uh, well supported team based on how well supported they were in the Arab Cup as well. Just they had huge huge support. So
1: um, a lot of expats or Tunisian expats. Though. Yeah,
0: most of them, I think, the majority of them are already here. You know, for the Arab Cup, and they had, they, you know, they were filling stadiums. You know, for their matches, um, incredibly well supported. It's a shame in the sense that Egypt didn't qualify because they'd be probably equally as as well supported as well. So, in terms of people already in Qatar, you know, they're going to be uh, Tunisia are going to be a very well supported team.
1: That's,
0: that's interesting.
1: So it certainly, wouldn't wasn't going to be a. Uh... A Scenario I, I thought of. Um, I remember yeah. it was obviously England played Tunisia, not just the the last World Cup, but 98 as well. And and obviously, we being in Marseille in France, so close to Tunisia, I think seem to remember there were a lot of Tunisians there as well. Um, so yes, yeah, I mean, sure, they like their football. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting that one. Yeah, they had,
0: um, I mean, I remember the, the semi final, the Arab Cup, they played uh, Egypt, and um. I remember from in the build-up in the afternoon, looking from, you know, from my office in work, the 10th floor, looking down, and the, the cars and the flags waving out, the Tunisian flags, you know, and people walking to the metro stations and they're stopping the cars and the traffic lights getting out and singing. You know, uh, fans, you know, Egyptians as well, you know, they, they could have sold that stadium over, I think, out at least twice, you know, for for the for the, for the semifinal. And then, of course, they had a huge support, uh, huge support as well in, for the final as well. And Algeria quite well supported too, but unfortunately, you know, they didn't qualify this time. Yeah.
1: So many England fans coming across for the vast majority will be their first time going to that area. Visas are going to be an important part or the, or the fan ID or, or the is it the Haya card?
0: Haya, Haya card. Yeah, it means uh, welcome. I think it means welcome in, in Arabic. It's the, the sense uh, that's kind of the translation.
1: What? how are these
0: easy to come by? What What's the deal with with these? yeah so I mean normally uh, obviously this is different and normally if you're coming from the UK of a passport to Qatar, you don't need a visa you know you just arrive and, and that's it you know it's a visa on arrival no charge of course they're using it now because there are people coming from parts of the world where you would, would require a visa so this essentially replaces the visa mm-hmm. I think there's been like Russia right there's a similar thing for Russia with the fan ID right that's uh, right it also acted as a visa as well for for, for travelers as well so it's in this, it's a very similar very similar thing. And people coming from countries where they would normally require a visa, it's all sorted with a higher card. This is a bit different. In the, the, as as of as of now, at the moment, to get that higher card, you need a ticket for a, at least one ticket for a match and accommodation as well. Once you have those two, you get you know the references, and then you can go online. Uh, there's an app, and you can you can apply for that, with uploading a picture, I think, a passport photo or copy of passport. And after so many days, it's approved, and you have, uh, I think, the QR code on the phone. As at the moment, anyway, with the with the with the card on.
1: That's, I remember Arjun telling us about this. He found it at the time to be quite time consuming and a little bit awkward. Um, as a resident there, I'm assuming
0: you do you not need one, or if you had to do it yourself, uh, it's a bit different for me. I don't see so don't I don't need the accommodation reference. Mm. I need just the ticket, and then all I had to do was put in my my residence ID number, Qatar ID number, then it automatically filled out all my information for me. Instantly it so it's different. But uh, Arjun was right about the for the Arab Cup, it was a nightmare. And this is why, you know, it's good to have these test events, you know, like in the Arab Cup, so they could test it and they could see what went wrong and what worked well. And they fixed a lot of these issues now. Um, it, I remember have uploading pictures and ID cards multiple times, you know, not just me, but many people had the same issue for the Arab Cup. It was a bit of a hassle and it, it took a bit of time. Uh, I think from what I've heard so far it's much it's been much easier this time. Some people have had some issues with the uploading of, uh, of the photos but largely it's been uh, a much easier
1: process. It sounds like things have been ironed out a little bit yes, which is yes. yeah, good to hear. Now okay let's let's look at the um, the fan ID and, and the haya hey card um but obviously for for fans wanting to get to Qatar by all accounts, I think many will be be flying into the is it Hamad International Airport in in Doha. What's that like? What's your experience of of that
0: airport? Yeah, I mean it's um it's a modern new airport. I think it opened at the end of uh, 2000, I think 14 around then. It's had many awards for you know best airport in the world, you know various you know awards like this. It's you know it's um I imagine a diff- most people, if they've ever had experience with the airport, is probably on a transit. You know, uh, obviously, Qatar Airways flies to many, many places. You're going, you course. know, east into Asia, Australia, uh, as well. You know, people love to fly Emirates or Qatar Airways, so it's uh, it's huge. Uh, tran- it's a huge uh, hub for transit traffic as well, uh, particularly from Europe. You know, whether it's from Asia to US or you know Europe as well. So. It's going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to cope with the, with the large numbers. In fact, there's an old, there's an older airport here as well, the airport that was used uh, before, and this is going to be, from from my understanding, this is going to be reopened as well uh, during the World Cup. But I think this is more for things like charter flights rather than c- commercial traffic. But I could be wrong.
1: Right. One thing um, I I have heard of people doing England fans doing. I know a couple myself are basing themselves in surrounding countries UAE Dubai Saudi what are connections like coming into Qatar i mean i've i've heard there's various border restrictions uh, i don't know if that's land or air i mean are these are these possible
0: uh, yeah, it's possible. Um, as obviously a lot of people would have been aware, there was the blockade, you know, the the the, the countries uh, had against Qatar um, yeah. from 2017, and then that ended um, uh, that ended back uh, some point, I think, last year. So relations have obviously, you know, um, improved. The traffic between your know, flights is not, you know, obviously, it's got nowhere near the number that it was pre-blockade. But then you had obviously COVID as well, so there wasn't necessarily demand for for as many flights will there be more flights put on i i honestly don't know um i hope there will be because i i know obviously that they're, they're so little at the moment it's a huge cost if you want to fly from dubai you know for one hour flight it's costing a lot of money it's not even the cost i think it's just at the moment there won't even be enough flights and i think um, but i don't know i don't know what the plan is um what the plan is you know there's only a handful of flights now between Catar, uh, UAE a day. There must have been twenty, thirty a day, you know, uh, wow. from twenty before twenty seventeen. You know, multiple different airlines as well, and obviously the other countries as well. But I don't know. I can't say what's going to happen with with, with that. Um, are they going to put more flights on? Uh, I hope so. Um, for the sake of the people, you know, obviously it's a good idea for those who want to stay in Dubai. A lot more people are familiar with Dubai. Obviously, you I mean, in the whole region, that's the one place that people are probably are more likely to have been to. to, have been to. Um, and obviously, you get the cheap accommodation there. Lots to do there, so the idea of flying in and out. Plus, there is a huge uh, expat community as well in UAE as well, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. You know, English uh, expats as well. You know, I'm sure we'll be planning on traveling back and forth for, for the England games. Yeah. Well, as
1: I say, six months still to go. Let's let's hope that those those flights are, are increased somewhat. Uh, well, let, let's just talk. Uh, I know we mentioned car hire. Um, just going back to that, the the feasibility of of driving across the border is is that still open uh,
0: the border's open now the land border reopened as well uh, yeah. last year uh, the issue has always been like this it's not a new thing but the issue with driving is the general rule is you have to drive in a car that you own if you're driving across the border oh. so a lot of local hire com- car hire companies the majority of car hire companies mm-hmm. will not allow you to rent a car to then drive across the border um, some people say that some of the international companies do it and you have to get, you know, some sort of letter of a no objection letter from, from, from the company that, uh, which you can then produce at the border. But honestly, I don't know. I really don't know if, uh, how easy it will be if you want to say, you know, drive yourself. And I know that obviously some people have planned this, you know, want to do this. You know, I know there's a guy on, on, on the Facebook group who's even planning getting buses from, from Dubai, you know, and that's okay because it's the, the coach company. They own the coach, you know, it's, yeah they're only going as passengers. So that 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 way is okay but taking your own car I don't I'm not sure if it's going to be possible to be honest
1: okay well trains planes automobiles the last one is boats and ferries uh there's been talk I've read previously of a ferry crossing um but I heard that that was was no more is is that a possibility
0: uh probably not uh like you said it was something uh, in fact this goes back to before the blockade again, I think it was even announced that they were going to start in 2017 a ferry service between Bahrain and Qatar. And then obviously a few months later, everything got shut down and they'd not even restarted flights to Bahrain yet. So um, that seems to be the one country they they don't get on the, the, the least with, I suppose, Bahrain at the moment. So I think you, we can say goodbye to any uh, potential ferries or boats uh, going between the countries.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Always good to know for those that are Maybe it has, has crossed their mind. Now, by the time this this podcast is out, the the ticket registration will be will be closed to, to England supporters. I'm led to believe. I think we'll probably be waiting for confirmation of of what people have applied for. But with the ticket, and as you mentioned earlier, with the ticket comes the accommodation. Now, I believe this is one of the major fears, maybe anxieties that England fans are having is is the situation with accommodation which I believe is being overseen by the Supreme
0: committee. yeah so they're they're the organizing uh, committee so sort of, you know it's sort kind of the go-between between you know everyone and, and, and FIFA. now I fully understand I fully get the, the fears with accommodation because this is not how it works in any other tournament you know it's, it's a completely different uh, way of doing it. So I I get fully you know, I understand why people are worried. Um, obviously, some accommodation was released, uh, and people who managed to snap up any tickets in the first sale, some are booked, you know, already. Others who are waiting to get their tickets, obviously, through through you know the England uh, England fans and membership, uh, are worried that they you know the accommodation will be gone. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think it's being uh, released in batches, and I think. You know, I'm I, I, I still strongly believe that the reason they are doing this—they are only giving accommodation to ticket holders—is to make sure that all the ticket holders can get some accommodation. I think if it was a free-for-all, I think we'd see a lot more complaints. You know, you know, even for even for the teams that haven't qualified, there'd be people from Scotland, from Wales, even Ukraine booking up accommodation, and then once their team doesn't qualify, only then giving it back. Right. So I can see, you know, I can see the logic uh, behind it as well.
1: Yeah, I understand it. Um, I think it is just, as you say, this, it's one of these things that hasn't been done or, or England fans aren't used to, yeah, to it being to it, like yeah. this. Yeah, it's a, the fear of the unknown. But there's, there's talk of obviously hotels, Airbnb, cruise ships. I mean, I've, I've got this vision of loads of these massive cruise ships just lining the uh, the harbour and, and supporters of every country um, going up the gangway
0: uh into these cruise ships is that what it's going to be like yeah i mean the cruise ships uh people have booked England fans as well have already booked some of them already booked uh cruise ships you know the, the rooms as well on the cruise ships i think there's one one's more of a five-star i think one's more of a four-star but you know they're full of facilities bars and everything as well um so we'll be like you said walking up and down the gangways <laughs> into the into the port and into the city and then back again at the end of the day so these are these are going to be very 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 popular um I, I'm hoping that they didn't they didn't pull the rooms up for sale originally. I, I like to think they didn't. They held some back. We'll see. I guess with, with the next uh, ticket sale and what becomes available then. And I think you know the, the the idea is you know it's all being kept under this one sort of platform accommodation site to to regulate prices. You now I have seen some screenshots that people have have posted from Airbnb. People trying to rip you know people off. Um, they can't control the prices on Airbnb. Even even Airbnb. It's probably a tenant living in a, in a rented apartment. His landlord doesn't even know about it, so it's, it's not even legal. Um, so Look, the reason that's they're doing it is, yeah. So the reason they're doing it on this on this one platform is to keep everything under control as well and regulate the prices and make sure nobody goes well over the top and over, you know, uh, above the price caps that they set.
1: the The other accommodation option I'm seeing is that of these fan villages in the desert and, and one that you, you mentioned was out by one of the stadiums, I believe.
0: Yeah, you've got, at the, the moment, they, they, I think published recently, th- three lot sites so far. These are kind of like cabins almost um, rather than camping. Uh, the three of them all just outside the city, but so not in the desert, but uh, an easy access. You know, I think two of them, uh, two of them have direct uh, within walking distance to the metro. The third one is, I think, nearer to Lucille, so not to the metro, but you have, a, you know, your short taxi ride for the, from the main light, nightlife as well so um but they do say on the site that there'll be camping options coming as well so i'm interested to see eager to see wh- where where they will be as well i, I mean I've, I've had a few ideas or been told a few places where they'd be but uh, i don't know we'll have to wait and see
1: yeah and and these facilities that they're, they're all going to have adequate facilities to to put your head down and shower and etc it's, it's not just going to be a a put me up and
0: no, the fan villages, of course, it's uh, it's it's going to be, um, yeah, everyone's going to be catered for uh, facilities. I think they have food, lots of food options there as well. You know, uh, stores to buy food and this sort of. And I mean to say, entertainment. Whether there's uh, bars in these, I don't know. That's one thing I'm not uh, I'm not too sure yet. I've, I'm not. It, it could be as well, even you know, uh, places to get drink there as well. So these could be, you know, it could be a good option as well. Yeah. Well,
1: well, let's move on to that one. Uh, you've mentioned drink and and nightlife. The alcohol well as a resident yourself where, where do you get yours presuming you you like a drink
0: um, all of us expats do yeah so <laughs> um, you know people say oh you can't get a drink in Qatar that, that's that's complete rubbish you know um, if you want a drink you can get a drink there's no problem uh, the only time of the year you can't get a drink is Ramadan which is just finished when all the bars are shut but uh, today is the first day of the Eid holidays and from midday everything was open again so I got to go straight out for a drink again <laughs> business as you usual. you want to get open again for the business as usual exactly yeah uh, as a resident we have um there's an alcohol shop we have a license for and a permit for so we we go there with our license and we can buy all the drinks we want drink and pork as well we can buy that and, and bring 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 to our homes so whatever we you know a huge selection of drink there that we can go and get um and then we can obviously if we go to parties etc you know we have something or friends coming over but that's that's for um that's for residents only yeah um, I can't see that it's not going to change for for visitors. In which case, there'll be obviously all the uh, the officially, you know, the licensed establishments uh, for 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 people who don't get a drink. Normally, obviously, at the moment, it's, it's hotels. There's it must be how many hotels? I'm not sure how many licensed, but there's a there's a there's a lot now. Uh, more and more, obviously, been opening over the last couple of years. And within those hotels, you're not just talking one bar; you're talking multiple restaurants. Uh, sports bars bars nightclubs even you know all within within the hotels uh so you can have a night out in one in a hotel as well basically from <laughs> three four different venues
1: right and the, the general cost of of a beer or a or a short with a
0: mixer um what, what are we looking at um i mean you have to be clever right. um, I, I, i'm i'm convinced that you can come to um uh, and go the majority of the tournament if you're looking where to go and finding the right places to go. I'm confident you can go most of the tournament without having to pay the full 10, 11 pounds a pint, you know 10, 11, 12 pounds a pint. look out for the deals for the happy hours. everywhere has them all the time. and then you're reducing the cost center maybe five pounds for a, for, a, for a pint, five pounds for a bottle, six, seven, eight pounds for a cocktail, wines, uh, spirits as well. So my advice would be to essentially shop around ever has happy hours, you know. Uh, You've got standard happy hours in the evenings, say from five pm to seven or eight pm. Some sort of restaurant slash bars open at midday. They have happy hour then until seven eight o'clock. Certain days in the week they have happy hour all day. Um, you know, there's one bar in particular. You know, I know that it opens. At, it's like a kind of like a sports bar opens at midday and they have happy hour from midday till seven pm. Saturday they have happy hour all day from <laughs> from, from midday till I guess one two am. Um, obviously, Saturday here is like a Sunday in the UK. Right. You know, with the weekend here being Friday, Saturday, so um, you're less likely to get as many deals of other than a couple of hours of happy hour on say on say a Thursday night or a Friday. But um, the rest of the week, there's always um, you know ladies' nights as well for you know multiple free drinks for ladies on certain nights and bars as well. So you can go out, you know, you know uh, ladies can go out here and barely, you know, not have to pay anything, you know, for some <laughs> nights. So. Um, there's there's deals everywhere you know yeah, i've I've
1: got these visions of england fans coming out in in dresses and skirts <laughs> uh, but
0: i i can't see that going down too well no, um, i got to uh, i got told off once for having a for, for, for like, we in with my wife and they gave in a, a special cup and I was walking around with that cup and i got told off for having a <laughs> a drink in the you know in the cup that she passed oh, over to me at the bar
1: really well i mean <laughs> one of those things that um is safe if you're seen drinking where you shouldn't i mean it's it's What's what's the uh what's the sort of trouble you can get into?
0: I mean, first of all, you not get at the moment you don't get people walking out of say out of the bar and then out of the hotel with a drink in their hand. I mean I mean that sounds like a challenge now, doesn't it? For for, mm. for visitors to come and yeah. <laughs> sneak drinks out, outside into the street. So it's not something that yes, it's illegal, you can't walk around with drink in your hand. Um but it's not something I've ever, you know, ever seen happen here, you know. I mean, so sort of trouble you're going to be will they just take it off you will you get arrested I suppose it depends on, on the behaviour but keep a drink you know it, again this is the World Cup it, it's not going to be where England fans can go and get some cans from the local shop and, and stand at a town square all day drinking you know it's, you're going to have to be in, in specific uh, locations you know you can move about from one to the other that's fine you know but uh, finish your drink and then, and then move about to, to the next place
1: yeah that, fair enough it's it's someone else's country and, and we need to abide by by their rules. Other general concerns, I think, which people will be thinking about, uh, obviously, COVID, whatever people may think about it. Um, what, what's the situation over there?
0: Yeah, I mean, in COVID cases, we've had, you know, similar reservoir of the world, a couple of lockdowns. I think we didn't have quite as many waves as the UK. I think, you know, I remember... Christmas of 2020, I was at a brunch, you know, outside of a hotel, my family, when everyone was locked in, locked at home in, back in the UK. Uh, and then we had Omicron, you know. Uh, so again, it was, didn't go into a lockdown, but some of the restrictions came back again. Cases now are minimal, you know, less than 100 a day, you know. Um, we do have, still have um, various restrictions, but I'm pretty, you know, in, in my opinion, I'm convinced they're only in place, because I just think they want to keep it safe for as long as possible. They don't want to take any risks now, coming up to November. Yeah. So I think if it wasn't for the World Cup, I'm pretty sure that they would, they would have most of them, if not all of them, would have been lifted by now. But I have a feeling that they're just or well, we've just come out of Ramadan and Eid as well, where it's a time where people, you know, back like Christmas and New Year, where people are gathering, you know, the whole time, you know. And then so I, I have a feeling that they're just being overcautious uh, with some of the rules right now, and I think a lot will change uh, come November. And the
1: the situation with masks. I mean, are they required to be worn in in any particular place?
0: Uh, indoor, indoor uh, places. They just kind of recently changed it. So if you're in an open sort of space inside of, it's a bit strange. If you're kind of in a shopping mall, you don't have to wear it. But then if you go into a, a shop in the mall, then you do have to wear it. And they just you know recently lifted the rules from the schools as well. The kids don't have to wear it anymore. Um, so it's outdoors is fine. No masks required currently indoors. But again, I. Uh, I think this a lot of this will change um, come November.
1: Yeah, obviously, as I say, we are we are six months ahead uh, or to go. Big pun uh, at this moment in time. We've we've done alcohol, food.
0: What what's the uh, what's the deal with food over there? What do you what do you, yeah, what do you food. like? Food you can get everything, absolutely everything. Everything is covered. Oh, of course, you can't have pork when you're out, but other than that, yeah. um, you can get. Uh, so you're not know, going you to get your bacon sandwich in the morning. I'm afraid, but um, or your full English. Everything is available, all cuisines from all around the world and every range of price. You know, you you go to your the side streets, you can pick up cheap takeaways, you know, curry for five quid, you know, a chicken shawarma sandwich, which is like a shawarma is kind of, I guess, the equivalent of our, what we have a kebab, you know, oh, yeah. um, a couple of quid for one of those, you know, uh, all the way into the, the star hotels where they have the big branded, um, big branded restaurants worldwide, you know, world-renowned restaurants or you can go and spend hundreds of pounds on a meal. So you've got the the range from from cheap food out um, to you know uh, higher level. I and mean, I know that some people are asking about the, the cruise ships. They had a half board, I think, or full board deal uh, with food, and it's quite a lot of extra money. And I, I i said to people, look, you can you can spend a fraction of that eating out uh, around the city. You know, if you know, it's not going to cost that much of food. It's one of the cheap one. It, it is one of the cheap things here. You know, uh, eating out. So um, and you can get yeah pretty much uh, everything you want.
1: McDonald's are they over there? I oh, know a few Indian yeah, fans yeah, yeah. are partial
0: to a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. All the all the international you know, McDonald's and Nando's. I, I can have all of this delivered right to my doorstep right now if I want to do as well. So mm. um, <laughs> all the
1: usual suspects are
0: there. Gotcha. All the usual suspects, and, and you know, even there's you know a device, there's a couple of apps you can get as well. Uh, there's one called Talabat. It's it's um, mm-hmm. think Uber Eats. You know, Deliveroo, oh, yeah. sort of similar thing. You know, and everything is on there. You know, again from the cheap. To the five, you know, the five-star hotels. So, if you are, say, in an apartment and you just want to order a, a an Indian curry or I McDonald's mean, or Nando's or whatever you want, you know, you can have it delivered to you. Or, you know, you can install the app once you put your area in, so it knows, you know, uh, what places to deliver to you. Yeah. Also, you know, the groceries as well and all that sort of stuff you can get as well. So, if you have, you know, an apartment with a fridge, even you know, or even a, a small kitchen, you can you can order things from that without without having to leave the leave your place as well. Um, there's also another app, um, called the entertainer, um, which is basically a bunch of buy one, get one free vouchers. Uh, and normally you, you pay for it for the whole year, but quite often towards the end of the year, they discount it. Um, obviously if somebody's coming for only a few weeks, but if you're in say a group of you, uh, it's worth getting this app as well. You can take it out to, you know, many restaurants, you know, and some of them have three vouchers on this. There, so if there's a group of four of you, you get four main meals, you can get two of them for free by using this voucher similar for even some of the friday brunches which you know so, or you can eat drink as well um they have even some of these on there as well so you can get some big savings on this as well plus uh i think they have other activities on there as well desert safaris uh pool and beach passes hotels you can use so this is also another good uh thing as well to have uh, for people you know if you're in a group one of you can pay for it you can split the cost one of you install the app um just to saving you know save yourself a bit of money
1: absolutely um yeah good good to know that one you mentioned something there, Desert Safari, um, things away from the football, things for people to do, I think, is another thought of going through their mind. What What is there to do in Qatar that will, will entertain supporters?
0: Yeah, I think, first of all, there are things to do. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. You know, um, uh, people like to do different things, you know it's the cultural side of things i know that people aren't really going to be that interested in museums necessarily but there are some interesting ones anyway you know even the national museum of you know, qatar even just on the outside this one the spaceship you know look it has from the outside and uh actually uh, right next to the khalifa stadium they just opened at uh, a sport museum which i've heard some really good things about i'm not been myself yet but it's a museum it has lots of artifacts it's from the sporting world so this looks uh, some activities and interactive things as well uh, a friend sent me a video of uh, him trying to score against a robot goalkeeper which is apparently almost impossible but um so there's you know uh, the sort of cultural stuff um the soups as well for the more traditional arab you know middle east um culture as well i would say you know you've got the, you know into the desert they are trips into the desert you can take the safari trips you know in four by fours up and down the sand dunes you know desert camping you know uh barbecues and things like that. Um, water sports as well you know there are there are public beaches as well you can go and take part in various water sports so there are there are things to do um you know, even i know people don't want to go to shopping malls but even in even in some of the malls it's not just about shops there's full-on entertainment in there basically theme parks in, inside some of the shopping malls as well you know so it's wow. um you know you know you're not just you're not just going for the for the for the closed shopping i know nobody wants to do that
1: the you mentioned souks there i mean i've i've been to a few souks uh, in my time um be it, sort of tunisia area and, and that sort of part of the world is is it a haggling culture over there
0: uh in the soup yeah uh but i would say it's not in the sense that you have a bit you know in where it is maybe in the likes of tunisia or, or morocco but it is a it is a yeah you, you would um if you're buying something from from the shop there then you know normally if you're buying a few items some souvenirs or gifts there'll be a price on there but yeah you can uh, normally get a a bit of a better a better price.
1: Yeah. Love a bit of haggling, me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: phones, um, and and they said about putting these apps um, on uh, on your phone to to order food from. Are, are UK phones or SIM cards going to be accepted over there, and and
0: the whole roaming <laughs> side of things? Or is that going to be straightforward? Yeah, I mean, it it works. Um, I obviously I don't know what people have with their roaming and everything like that um i've had you know people coming here and and visitors and they've used you know i mean everyone has wi-fi as well you know um it's not like the uk where you get a lot of you know in the countryside other parts where you have wi-fi dropping out is pretty much you know uh, it's all here you know the wi-fi coverage is pretty much across the entire country free wi-fi throughout and about you know in certain places as well and obviously all the all the accommodation will have it too um so you shouldn't need to rely too much on, on your mobile data I know that right now we have one of the apps, the Etherize app, um, which people use, you know, need to go into places. Whether or not that app will be still in place uh, in November, I have a feeling it probably won't be, but you you never know. Um, But I also think that with with that app, I think one of the issues they had uh, with COVID started was people complaining it was taking up uh, their Internet. So I think with the local um, telecom providers, they were actually making it free. They were not charging people to use the Internet, uh, to
1: use this app. Right. Recent tournaments uh have been match tickets have been done via apps
0: it's is that your understanding of how this one will be yeah yeah um, they had an app for the Arab Cup which I guess was another test event um you had the app you know the, in, in the barcode was on you know the QR code it didn't even show up until you got to the perimeter of the stadium as well it used the Bluetooth to, to, to know you were near the stadium so you couldn't even see your tickets. You know, you had one, but you couldn't even see the QR code or the barcode for it until you got within the uh, to the perimeter of the stadium.
1: Oh wow! So that, I can I can imagine some people getting a little bit apprehensive about that. Not obviously, we, we all like to go to a uh, a game knowing your your tickets in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> um, but this not knowing you've paid for it, but you've got nothing to show for it until you get to this sort of cordon perimeter of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's somewhere on the app, but the actual, it will not display, you know, I think it says, you know, you you, you know that you've got it, but it, uh, the, the actual QR code or the barcode won't show up until, and I think it even says, you know, it will show up once you arrive or get get towards the stadium, and I guess we're with only within a certain many amounts of hours probably before the match too. So you get like a little little ping or, or a buzz to say it's arrived. Yeah, it does show up, you know, at some point, I'm not sure how, I can't remember how close it is, but when you do get to something, yeah, you get close enough, it, it will start to show up. Yeah.
1: Oh, fair enough. One thing that obviously the media have, have said about a lot, uh, especially over here, is is the whole human rights issues. And what what is your understanding or or experience of of that side of things?
0: So um, with with the human rights um, side of things, obviously there, there's huge amounts of misconceptions you see and misreporting as well you see mm. from the media. You know, I mean. The media in the UK, I think that they've had it in for Qatar ever since 2010, since the award in the World Cup, you know, particularly when England wasn't didn't get the 2018 World Cup. So a lot of them there has been a lot of, you know, I think they're always trying to pull up, pull up as many bad things, as many bad stories as possible, mm. as opposed to the, to the positives. The one thing I will, I will talk about on the human rights side, for example, if, if you remember a couple of years ago, there was an article, I think, originally from The Guardian. And they're reporting on the amount of migrants that have died living in Qatar since the World Cup was awarded. I think they, they they quoted six and a half thousand, but then they made out the article to make it out that that many people had died just building stadiums alone. Yeah. Uh, when actually it's, it's, it's total number of migrants and I'm a migrant worker. There's two over 2 million migrant workers living yeah. in Qatar. So six and a half thousand in, in 10 years, you know, you could have died from a road traffic accident, heart yeah. attack, cancer, old age, even, you know, so it, it's covering everything, but people take that six and a half thousand figure. I see people multiply it. Um, even the other week, uh, when they had the, the draw on Sky News, even Sky News quoted. They said six and a half thousand deaths from construction workers building the stadium. So even they've taken the completely out of context. Yeah. And I think the original reports, you know, it didn't make it very clear. I and mean, uh, but I think that's the way that they want to portray it. You know, I think. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's um, that's my take on on that side of things. Anyway,
1: no, it's good to know. Good to hear it from my. Uh from a from a local's perspective,
0: um, I mean, you know, um, you know, you know there's, there's issues everywhere in the world, right? We saw that before the World Cup in Russia, in Brazil, things aren't perfect in UK either right now. So, you know, it's, every country has their own problems to deal with. Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah, totally understand. That it's, it's great to get some input from yourself from a from a local perspective, and uh, thank you very much for that. I mean, just just quickly to to round it up from a uh, from a football's point of view, how do you see England going on?
0: um I think oh, we've obviously got a good group a good group we're quite luck we're quite fortunate in the group um, assuming we win the group and the other teams I'd expected win the group then i think is it potentially France in the quarter-final? I think that that's that's the 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 point where I start to get worried I think. Yeah, Well that could potentially be the stumbling block for us, but you, you know, you never know. You never know. You get past, you know, get past them, and then who knows? I think uh, we could, you know, go all the way. But uh, I'm, I'm, I really hope we do. You know, I uh, waited long enough for the, the World Cup to be. Here, it's like a home tournament for me. So um, let's uh, let's hope so. The more matches the better. Yeah, well, you say a home tournament. It will be for, for stating
1: the the obvious here for Qatar.
0: Can can they cause a, a few upsets? I think the, the Qatar team, from my honest opinion, I think they peaked a couple of years ago. You know when they won the, I think it was the twenty nineteen when they won the Asian Cup. Right. Uh, they beat the likes of South Korea, Japan. You know, decent. You know, sides that are always at the World Cup. So I think they then they were, then they had a decent size, a decent side. I think they haven't performed quite so well. I mean, they, they did they did get to the semi final of the, of the Arab Cup. Uh, they narrowly lost to Algeria um, in the semi final of the Arab Cup. I think the group is. They've got a really quite a tough group as well: Senegal, you know, Netherlands, and Ecuador. So, I, I think it's going to be tough, tough for them um, to qualify. To be honest, yeah,
1: fair enough. It's uh, it's one of those things they always say: is uh, the tournament's always good the longer the the hosts last in it. But as you say, they they do have a uh, a tough group to to get out of. But we shall see. Now, I know you've been you've been. Kindly giving a lot of advice, not just to myself and and to listeners here, but I know through uh, the various England Facebook groups and and the the forum that's available there. I mean, are you, do you have, are you on Twitter or do you have any other um, methods of communication? Should you be open to to giving more
0: information yeah. away? Yeah, yeah. Like as you, like you said, I'm on the Facebook group uh, England fans Facebook group plus the the forum as well, and I've been on there for a few months now. Uh, answering lots of questions, you know. It's uh, not just me. Obviously, you had the chat with Lavargen as well. Yep. Um, who had some very useful, you know, contacts and information. I've spoken to him a few times since. Since you, you know, you, you've chatted with him, um, we've almost helped each other out a couple of times. You know, he's had some questions for me and vice versa as well. Um, and as you would have seen, I think you met one of the other guys right uh, who lives in Qatar as well at uh, Wembley right recently. Yes, yes, that was the the Qatar Hatar, I believe he called himself. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, Bob. So I've spoken to him a few times as well. Um, a couple of other guys messaging me, living here as well. So there's a there's a there's a few of us actually uh, members uh, living in Qatar. So yeah, I'm on those two platforms. I got I, I'm, I'm I don't I have, I'm a, I'm more of a reader of Twitter than than a, than a writer. um uh, Instagram I'm quite I'm quite active on. Uh, my username is expat Ben expat underscore Ben for for both my uh, Instagram and Twitter. So I'm I'm on there as well. I'm happy to obviously uh, give anyone advice. You know. Any questions or concerns, or I'm happy to try and put people's mind at ease and uh, give them some useful advice as well. Uh, well, it's uh, it's very much appreciated. I I can
1: see that, and and uh, I I thank you for the time you've given us. Uh, you're,
0: you're very welcome. I'm just uh, I'm, I'm excited now. You probably tell very excited yeah. now, and um, and, I, and I'm I'm confident it's going to be a, a, a fantastic tournament as well. It's going to put a lot of people, you know, who are doubting it. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be really good. Let's
1: hope so, and let's let's hope that uh, that England can top it off with a uh, with a win. But we've, uh, as I say, we've got got six months to wait for, for yep. hopefully <laughs> that. But uh, no, once again, thank you very much for your time, Ben, and and maybe uh, we can we can touch base again
0: maybe nearer the time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very happy to um, help out. Maybe you know later in the year, then we'll get combination sorted and uh, finalising a few things about where they want to go to have a drink. Then I <laughs> can help out again. Uh, that's great. All right. Well, well, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Cheers.
1: Many thanks to Ben there for his time. As he said, you can find him on social media and hopefully, in due course, we can have another chat with him as the World Cup approaches. Now, I hope this has been of help and maybe alleviated some fears that you may have about going to Qatar. Thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget all previous episodes, including that one I had with Arjun Vara. Well, that can be found at 3 or your podcast provider of choice. That one with Arjun is number 182. Right, I won't take up any more of your time, but I will just say thank you very much for listening. Don't forget you can find us on all the, uh, on all the social media channels. But until the next time, take care. Look after yourselves. Cheers.